Thanks for joining us for episode six of This Life's Work with Charles Ratliff and Friends. I'm Dana Schlegenhaft. As always, we're recording this podcast from the beautiful Haxton Road Studios in downtown Bentonville. Today, we're talking about resiliency. Change can be rejuvenating. It can be a business pivot. It can be an abrupt career redirection, or it can be a sudden upending life change because of something like a pandemic. We've all been there. If you're listening to this, we want you to come away from this episode with stories and inspiration on overcoming whatever life throws your way. And that's a perfect introduction to our podcast co-host, Charles Ratliff. Good morning, Charles. Hey, good morning, Dana. Thank you. Hey, it's good to see you again. Good to see you, too. We're socially distant, but it's nice to be in the same studio. We're, we're appropriate. and glad to be back here. Charles, you've known today's guests for many years. Both of you go back to the early days at Walmart. Well, yeah, we have known each other for a while, but uh, you know what, uh, Dana started jotting notes and uh, visiting with Jim about this earlier, and I was reminded that uh, I think this is our sixth podcast, and what I really like about this experience is getting to renew old acquaintances, I and mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So today I want to introduce and welcome uh, Jim Hayworth. Jim, welcome. Thanks, Charles. Great to be with you. Dana, Hi. good to see you. Hi, it was so nice to meet you this week. Absolutely. I'm excited about this. So we we worked together uh, around each other, I guess, at Walmart for several years, and um, and I'll give you a quick synopsis what I, re- I recall, and then you correct it. I'll give you any uh, opportunity to correct that. So Jim had a, a really good twenty years or so at Walmart, executive vice president, chief operating officer, Sam's and Walmart, uh, Sam's Club and Walmart, and then five years the CEO of the third or fourth largest hypermarket in China. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, and yes. then Lotus. Uh, Huh? Lotus. Lotus Hypermarket. Lotus Hypermarket. And then, uh, um, you know, this is real interesting. We've had an interesting discussion about this, and maybe we'll touch on it again here in a minute. The chairman and C- CEO of the Professional Bull Riding Association, <laughs> and currently CEO of Outdoor Cap, talking about a, a diversified <laughs> career path. You know, Charles, I'm hoping someday I'll find something I can do really well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're a young guy. You, <laughs> you, you got plenty of time yet. So, uh, you know, we've had a couple of good, actually, hour-long chats, and I enjoyed that uh, a lot. Uh, and, and I think we'll have some interesting conversation today for our listeners. But, you know, what I really liked uh, to do was uh, trade those uh, Mr. Sam stories. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember the details now, but would you, you, would you recount that uh, red jacket? I call it the red jacket story. You know, so Charles, you mentioned this. My Walmart career, I did a lot of different things. Started, a, you know, straight out of college as a trainee. Uh, worked my way up to be a store manager, district manager, regional. Uh, did the stint at Sam's and along with that had a chance to be the COO at Walmart. But one of the, you know, as, as we both were discussing the other day, some of those great highlights that we had involved intera- encounters, I would say, with Mr. Walton. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate to have several of them, and we were talking about a specific one. I was a store manager at Store 576 in Tulsa, and I, and I really think this speaks to uh, Mr. Walton's uh, frugalness. You know, we've heard a lot about that. But you, when you really get a chance to experience and understand that his way of life and what he tried to teach us about making sure that we ran expenses low was something he really believed in. And so I was a store manager at Store 576 in Tulsa. I just moved there from – I was running 144 in Fayetteville, Arkansas, a great mm-hmm. store. And yep. 
uh, was convinced to go take this store over as a tough store. I really hadn't made much profit. You were encouraged. To- I was encouraged that this would be good for my career. Yeah. You remember those, Charles, uh, yeah, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I get to the store, and you can imagine what this looks like. It was just a month or so before our holiday season. And Christmas, you're going to run about 40% of a store's business, total year's business, in about a six-week period there. And mm-hmm. so having inventory was really important. Well, I'm there on a, a November afternoon, and Mr. Walton happens to show up. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Happens to show up, and I mean, Charles, we're gutted. I've got trucks out trying to get merchandise at Catoosa, Oklahoma, and Wagner, Oklahoma, and trying to pull merchandise from other stores because we were having some really good sales increases, which was good, but we needed merchandise. And I mean, we were we looked pretty rough. So Mr. Walton came through and you know, you've had those conversations with Mr. Walton. And not only did when he asked you a question, it wasn't like he was just waiting for you to answer. It was like he was looking in your soul to really understand mm-hmm. who is this person. So he was asking me a lot of questions. And so I told him what we were doing. He said, well, that's great. And he said, hey, I'm going to go quail hunting in the morning. I need to purchase an out-of-state license. I'm like, well, will we have Mr. Walton. We'll make sure that we've, you know, we can get that done for you. He said, and you, you also know this, Charles. Whether he had money or didn't have money, he never actually showed you any money uh, as he was in the stores. <laughs> Generally, didn't didn't have it. <laughs> he hands me a hundred dollar bill. And says, I'll be back yeah. in the morning to pick yeah. that up. So, as a store manager, wanting to really make sure I, you know, I knew he was going to be back mm-hmm. the next morning. You know, we had night crews, we had merchandise coming in, we had a lot of different things. Well, we recovered really well. So I get to the store like at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, making sure the store looks good. So five o'clock, I keep thinking he's going to show up. Doesn't show. Six o'clock, I think he's going to show up. Doesn't show. Um, Along with that, about nine or 10 o'clock, he still hadn't shown up. So I just figured that plans change. Mm-hmm. About 10 o'clock, I'd left my jacket underneath the service desk at the front end. And I walk up there and lo and behold, I reach underneath the desk to get my jacket. And Mr. Walt walks in the door and he yells across the store. That's exactly where the store manager should be, right up here at the front, greeting customers and talking to them. And I look at my service desk um, associate, and she kind of looks at me, and we just kind of smile at each other. So, Mr. Walton, you know, he came in, he had a red windbreaker on, and and it may have said Everready. I don't remember exactly what it said on it, but it was tattered and torn, had his whistle on, so he'd already been out hunting. So we had a chance, and the recovery of the store, we really looked good, and he was all good. excited. We had a good visit. And so I told him, I said, Mr. Walton, you're just a few days before the end of season. Do you really want to do this year, or do you want to go ahead and purchase next year? And he said, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll just go ahead and purchase next year. So the visit ended well. Mr. Walton left. We, we thought we were really good. Well, the next day, Becky Ellett calls. He his, said, hey, his assistant. His assistant calls and said, hey, Mr. Sam, I'd like to talk to you in you know, so, you know, I'm kind of, kind of thinking, well, really? You know, is, is this really yeah, Mr. Walton? Sometimes that's good. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, what, what happened? <laughs> so he, he calls and he says, Jim, do you remember that red windbreaker I had on yesterday? I said, yes, sir, I sure do. He said, I'd left that at a little store over in Catoosa, Oklahoma. Could you send somebody over there to pick that up and mail that to me? <laughs> 
And I thought to myself, yes, sir. I, I don't know how many windbreakers he could have had or owned or whatever, but I'll go get that one and he, make he, sure we mail that to you. He but didn't waste money. He, he was to, not yeah. going to waste money on that. But, you know, there's all kinds of stories, Charles, we could tell, but that's one of my favorite memories of interactions with Mr. Walton. But, oh, that, that's a good one. We, uh, Dana, let's let's get through the other stuff so we can trade a couple more stories. I know. There's one more story I specifically. I really enjoyed hearing that story this week, Jim, in your office. And while we were in there kind of doing show prep, I commented about a, a giant painting behind you that I, I want to explain it so that people can understand it. But it was a bull rider and it, the stands were packed. It, very colorful painting. The bull, I don't know anything about bull riding, but it was bucking. You know, yes, moving around yes, a lot. Yes. And the rider was hanging on for dear life. And I commented, really, this, we all feel like the bull rider this year. And it was a great representation of resiliency. And, and really, um, you've experienced a lot of changes in your life and, and within your career. And you've learned a lot about resiliency. And it's a battle, it's not a bounce, it's a process of becoming resilient. And you talked about um, in our show prep three main things that you suggest we all focus on when we're going through that battle you, you know dana you know th reflecting back to that picture that hangs there uh, and it is of a bull rider a good friend of mine peter robbins painted that but to your point wow what times that we're living in right now and you know charles you think about how difficult it is for businesses with this COVID scare that's going on right now and what is the direction and you know what's going to happen we we service at outdoor cap we serve a lot of small businesses and mm -hmm. they're trying to understand what's going on let alone when you think about you know major companies trying to understand the direction and difficult part about that is that when change happens like this and there's a change in business Sometimes you have to make tough decisions. Uh, Charles, well, you, we saw. Well, your decision, I was thinking about that when I was talking about your career there and looking at that to go from here, take your family to China and come back here. With the, uh, I'm thinking, what you did you announce that you were going to be with the Professional Bull Riding Association before you left China? <laughs> so then yeah, I go, and then you come back here. And do, so you've, you've, y'all, your family's been through a lot of change. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we had a great career at Walmart and, you know, things change and, you know, positions change and uh, you go out and you try to understand what is it that you're going to do different. Um, Dana, you mentioned this. The three key things to me were faith, family, and friends. And, you know, you have to make sure that you've got that as a balance. Um, we as a family made that decision to move to China. You know, I'm a kid that grew up in central Missouri, and to think that I was going to live in Shanghai, China for over five years. Wasn't you know, on your run, list, darling. Running a company that's listed in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange going, wow. you know, this is not what yeah. I plan to do. But I would say through that time frame, our family commitment and making that decision, my son had already started college. My daughters were still sophomores and juniors in high school, and to make that kind of commitment mm -hmm. that we were all going to go together – uh, was an important time. Everybody had to make changes. That's right, because if, if we weren't going to do it, when they actually asked me to be the CEO and chairman of that company, I wanted my family there. So, But we had it capture. We spent so much time together. I had those girls that uh, themselves and their mother and I, we spent a lot of time together. The closeness, Dana, that it built through that transition 
I look at our lives now, it has continued throughout. And along with that, Charles, you know, the faith to make that jump, you know, whether it's, you know, I've, I've done a lot of different things in my career, mm-hmm. but I always believed that there was some purpose. Uh, God had a direction for me to go. And so making sure you pray about that, praying as a family, understanding those things together, um, it's not always clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be patient. You have to be willing to listen. But um, if you're willing to do that, God's got a plan. He'll get you through that. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you, remind, you reminded me when you were uh, talking about the, this story the other day and in your past that and many of our listeners will uh, remember the banking financial crisis we had back in 2008 or 2009. Some of us like me remember it much more clearly than others. <laughs> uh, those of us that were dealing with banks and had loans uh, found out it was, it was a very challenging time. Uh, I know that I had 10 meetings with the FDIC, the federal bank regulators, uh, and their representatives uh, through all that process. And uh, it actually turned into, Jim, a gut-wrenching process is what it was. And it was for the whole family. So um, one of the results of that, it's really interesting, it's similar to, very similar story to yours. So our sons at the time were well, mid-30s now, so that was 10, 12 years ago. And uh, Brenda, we, we talked about family values and what is it we stand for, what is it we want to do going forward. And actually, I told them this is a good time to learn this. You know, these times are going to come in your mid-20s. You don't actually don't have much to lose yet. <laughs> so, you know, right? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's good. Right. That's good. So let's talk about what we're going to do going forward. And uh, we we made several changes. One of those uh, besides, in addition to a strong faith-based platform, which is the key to getting through that, is uh, we made some sort of Dave Ramsey changes, you know, that the guy talks about budgeting and all that. So we got to low or no debt. Uh, we, we really were watchful with our spending. Uh, and, and however you look at that, what it comes down to is, is uh, living within your means. That's right. Uh, sometimes that's not as much fun as, as we think. And, and often when we go through those, we find out, well, I was spending a lot more money than I thought on this or that or the other. And uh, But here I want to ask you this, Jim, so I didn't, uh, I didn't prepare you for this, but it's a, it's a, I wanted to ask you about it. So a couple weeks ago when uh, Walmart had the latest announcements of layoffs, I, had, I actually had a flashback to this period. Mm-hmm. And I had three consecutive nights. Now, I've been retired 15 years. <laughs> but I had three consecutive nights where I woke up thinking, I'm still working at Walmart. And, it, you know, it was a pressure-packed time just like it was back then. I had a lot of good times, but there's, you know, you had a job to do and you need to get it done. Um, I was just curious. Have you have you experienced anything like that? Well, you know, Charles, that's, that's the... Um, the beauty or the frustration about business uh, as times change, as your customers' expectations change, as maybe it's a financial position changes, you're forced to make some difficult decisions at times. And, you know, I'd say this, I always feel for those people that are impacted when you go through that. I'd also say this, that it's also difficult for the leaders to make those kind of decisions as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it's not necessarily if somebody wasn't performing. You know, you and I talked about this the other day. When 
performance isn't there, it's always easier to make a decision that, hey, we're going to move on. But in tough times like this, whether it's financial or, you know, a crisis that's hit and, you know, bank payments or whatever you've got, you have to make some decisions. And it's not always based on just performance. It's about where you have to get to back to where you just said living within your means as a family. You've got to live within your means as a business. And so as directions change, as there's more of a digital interaction with customers, hey, there are things that are going to continue to evolve. And I, and I think it's always important. Businesses have to, you know, go through that same life cycle and go with the changes and the consistency well, you, of we, you know, we were talking about that a minute ago uh, relative to restaurants. I, I can't imagine that. I, I think I told you we bought a, uh, a uh, child care um preschool last september and, tough business oh it well it was good and now and yes. now that, things have yeah. changed yes no, yeah. things have changed dana they're state like you kids are at home they are at home and uh, that's not good for the daycare business not good I, for mama all the time either no and now i've got some really tough decisions coming up on mm-hmm. staff we we can't keep running at 30 percent of enrollment well, that, you know, just to your point, you just said restaurants. You know, we, we at Outdoor Cap, we support a lot of uh, businesses that promote their companies, businesses, events even uh, by wearing caps. And they, they do that. But, you know, when you think about restaurants right now running 17% of capacity, just like you 17%. said, from 17% of wow. capacity. And so those decisions are never easy but as we know if we've got the right backdrop and you're going to have to make some of those tough decisions and never easy but you're hoping you make those for the longer term mm-hmm. wellness of a business and family that's right absolutely from a family standpoint as well you know they always said that uh, you hear this in bentonville the only thing constant at walmart aside from the values, is change. And that's something that really dates back to Sam Walton understanding sometimes the necessity of change, even if it's, you know, brutal change when it comes to business. And Jim and Charles, with that understanding, we go back to talking about resiliency. A lot of being resilient is not being afraid of making changes, even if those changes end in failure or mistakes. That's a rare quality and something that, you know, people can be aware of as personal changes are happening, as business changes are happening, that you can't be afraid to take that next step, even if you don't know where it's going. Well, and I think, Dana, you're hitting on something there that, you know, Charles, you think back to Walmart, they gave us some really good skill sets, you know, about, you know, how to manage a P&L, how to really be good leaders if we were willing to listen and, and really work with people. But there were also skill sets, Dana, that we weren't real good at, at least not at, at the levels we were, Charles. You know, as you mentioned, hey, loans from a bank, yep. you know, managing right. your cash flow, those kind of things. So, you know, the th- important piece about any of us is you've got to continue to evolve your skill sets. You know, for me to go to China and try to run a retail business, retail is pretty similar. Mm -hmm. But again, the complexities of what you go through. And I I told you that story about bringing foreign currency into the, you know, from from Thailand Thailand into China. Whole different story. We could spend a half hour. Not in a suitcase, was it? it? No, it was not a suitcase. (laughs) I'll I'll clarify. (laughs) But developing those skill sets. And then you go to run the professional bull riders. That's a sports property that's covered on television 
Television, CBS, and CBS Sports Network, and to think about a skill set, you still had somewhat customers, but it was a fan base and how you could get them to buy tickets. But we also had a bank covenant and debt that was on the business. Hey, we missed a covenant one, one, one quarter. Wow. You talk about penalties and what you have to go through. So skill sets, even when you go through that. Jim, I, I got to tell you, I saw a banker a sign in the banker's office a while back that said, if you uh, don't think anybody cares, miss a payment. <laughs> I mean, if, you, <laughs> I if you're probably. lacking attention, if you're at home in COVID and you're not getting attention, you miss, miss a payment. payment. <laughs> yeah, Your phone will you'll, 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 you'll start you'll lighting up. Right? Yeah. You'll get more attention than what <laughs> yeah, you might that, want. Oh, you sure will. <laughs> and that, that's what's, you know, interesting. But, Dana, to go back to the first piece of this, that's why it's so important, I believe, you know, your your faith, family, and friends. And how do you go back and really search for that direction? And, and you know, uh, your family, Charles, will get you through it. And, and you also realize, you know, from a friendship standpoint, who really are friends mm-hmm. and who aren't. And really having that kind of interaction, um, really trying to find out who are those friends and who can you count on in those tough times. But if, if you're resilient enough to look at your skill sets, in my mind. But you, but you know, Jim, we talk about skill sets. It, the model when you and I were at Walmart was it's complicated, but it was pretty simple. And it was expense control business, like That's you right. said. That's right. We, for, especially years ago, we bought merchandise about the same uh, cost from vendors that our competition did. But we wanted to sell it a little cheaper with the only variable in between is Controlling expenses. your expenses, right. you right. know, and, and productivity. Uh, and I remember, I think I told you a story, I'll recount it briefly. I uh, worked with Rob Walton, you know, quite a bit too. And yes. we were somewhere on a plane and landed, and I saw another business, one that we both knew. And I was talking about their, uh, actually, I was probably sort of complaining because we were always cutting expenses and they looked like they were spending a lot. Had a nice plane, airplane, you know. And, and he just looked at me and said, they have a different business model. And and I thought, yeah, that's right, because I've, I've had years and years and years of this same, you know, I think I told you the other day, we were so cheap, I still chew half a piece of gum. <laughs> you know, we were tight with the expenses. That, that's, that's no joke. I had a half piece before I came in here, as a matter of fact, chewing it under my mask. Uh, but uh, the model's changing now. I, I had a, one of the former uh, high-level Walmart guys approached me just a few years ago, and he said, let's go in and and visit with Doug about uh, you know, business and our thoughts and so forth. And I said, hey, we don't, we don't know this environment. Now, once you're, it doesn't take long. You remember how fast the pace was? Oh, absolutely. If you're out of that pace for a while, you don't know all the variables associated with keeping that business running like you were talking about. Well, and that's, that's the thing, Charles. Customers' needs, wants. And I, I think about this omni-channel approach that Walmart's mm-hmm. kind of taken now where they want the customer to be able to shop how they want to shop, mm-hmm. not just walk in the store and make the purchase and go through the front end and, you know, go back to your the parking lot in your car and drive away. So that ev- evolution of also evolving with the customer and whatever business that you're happening to run, mm-hmm. you've got to make sure you're running at a t- uh, what I would say a fast pace. Mm-hmm. You have to have a focus. You know, sometimes it may not be real clear where you're going, but you've got to continue to evolve with those customer expectations. And we're all going through these changes, Dana. We talked about COVID. Uh, 
who hasn't made adjustments relative to that. But what is, it's so interesting here in Northwest Arkansas. I mean, we're not really real world here, are we? I mean, like the rest of the country. I was talking to one of our local developers last week. He personally knew, I forget the number, 15 or 20 people have moved here from L.A. and New York in the last 60 days, unrelated to any Walmart business, unrelated to that. I heard the same thing, Charles, uh, just talking to some people in the last week. You know, people moving from New Jersey, moving to Northwest Arkansas, just because of the quality of life and school systems and what a great wanting pl- to do something different. Yeah, it's a great place to live. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Evidently, it's working. We continue to show up on those great places. What were you telling me the other day? Dang, that article. Oh, I mean, just endless articles naming this as one of the most quality places to live, yeah, right. great place to raise a family. And a lot of that goes back to the investments um, that have been made into this community to make it so special. And now you start seeing people in other locations, you know, reading those articles, visiting Northwest Arkansas, and then, you know, coming on in. Yeah. We're seeing an influx of it. And it's it all goes back to this wonderful quality of life. I mean, I could do an advert <laughs> you how great I think this <laughs> yeah. area yeah. is. But that's a guy it's a great place to live. <laughs> Contrast that to this. I got pulled over uh for running the red light in uh the seventies. It's the only one in town. <laughs> and it, it's like it's like five thirty in the morning. And it, it just being the cop and he said he was, you know, telling me I ran the rail, he wasn't gonna give me a ticket or anything. And I looked around the whole time we were talking, there's not another car passed. And uh, uh so which leads into this story and, and talking about how much different things are. Uh I hadn't been to Walmart long, started as an internal auditor mm. and uh Mr. Sam liked to play tennis. Mm-hmm. As a result, a lot of us liked to play tennis <laughs> back then, <laughs> and then I played quite a bit. He decided we'd have a tennis tournament, but, you know, everybody was busy. We worked you know, through Saturday noon, you know, there wasn't much time off. And uh, so we threw he'd throw your name. If you wanted to play, you threw your name in a hat, you drew two out, and it was your responsibility to match up Dana during the week or sometime, play, and then whoever wins goes on. Well, right off the bat, Sam and I get gets uh, lined up to play on well, Saturday out by his house, and uh, I, I spent the week. I hadn't been there that long. I mean, I think I was twenty six, maybe or twenty seven, and he's sixty two ish. So I'm thinking the whole week. You're thinking that you're going to have to take it easy. I'm, do I whip that old man? <laughs> do I whip that old white-haired man? Or do I, uh, you know, do I play along with him and let it be close? Yes, yes, and yes. We, we got out there, and it, it was this time of year, hot, 6, six or 6.30 in the evening in July. It was hot. So I, I'm looking. I look like a doofus when I got there. I look like Jim Carrey, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you had I your had, sweatbands on. I had, sweat, you, you I had headbands, sweatbands. Yeah, I'm out there, you know, yeah. <laughs> doing all these goofy exercises. And Sam pulls up, and we start playing. I mean, he didn't warm up or anything. Well, I beat him the first two games. I, I got to thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll let him have the next one. And next thing I knew, it was over 6-2-6-0. I mean, he whipped me. Had, uh, the interesting thing about all that is old Roy had been running around the whole time, Dana. I've told you this story. He's... Uh, there really was no Roy. And, uh, and Dana, you're familiar. You know, all the dog food has. I was actually uh, in the dog food aisle at Walmart yesterday and started laughing because <laughs> I thought of this story. So, yes. Well, I, I know what I'd, I'll tell you what I'd be doing here in a minute. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, but, so, uh, 
Elroy was running around there, and, and, uh, and Sam, I really, he ran me, you know, he just ran me, and I couldn't keep up. I was in pretty good shape back then. And uh, so finally we finished. Helen came and picked him up. I was so glad because I wanted to collapse. But I was not. You were going to show that until he was gone. I didn't get a drink of water. I had a little cooler. I didn't get a drink of water. I I had to wipe my hands a couple times. I think he picked up a towel once. He finally (laughs) leaves. So I go over there and collapse on the bench. And uh, I had one of those little cheap Walmart dollar uh, water jugs. Yeah, a gallon water jug. It has a screw on the lid. Right, right. So uh, I screwed it off, and I poured it. I took a drink. I thought, wow, that, that is funky taste. I know I'm tired, but I looked down, and I didn't realize. Uh, the, the people listening can't see your face, but Dana and I are getting a chance to watch your face. You're, you're right now reliving that. I can, I can see it. I can see it like it, I can see it like it was last week. Because uh, I looked down, and, and, and uh, sometimes I tell a story, people got ahead of me because I left it by a tree. <laughs> and old Roy had gone by and raised his leg on that thing, and it was not good. And to this day, just like I am now, <laughs> when I start thinking about old Roy, it makes me want to spit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those stories are, you know, and again, they, like we talked about the other day, there's so many great stories like that. But it was about people. It was about, you know, us getting a chance to experience, you know, might have been tennis, but you also know there were things that you learned through that well, process. You, I, well, how many companies, I, I did, it did dawn on me at the time, how many companies does the new person in internal audit playing with the chairman of the company? Now, we weren't to Walmart. We were only doing about a billion a year then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Which I'm thinking, right. a bit, and he was, is respectful you know it was absolutely he was as respectful treated me as if i was ceo myself absolutely and i, I very much pre- always appreciated it Sp- special leadership uh dynamic that you know we all tried to emulate but definitely uh we'd always just be a small percentage of what he did but he was good at encourage. He could encourage us either way. That's right. Yeah. He so could motivate la- la- you. <laughs> la- last quick story. First time I went to Saturday morning meeting, I'd heard about him. And I went to the Saturday morning meeting, and I thought, this guy, he's not who I thought he was. It's okay. He couldn't find his glasses, you know, how he'd do. And then he he acted like he couldn't read his notes, and he's doing all this stuff, which I didn't realize till later. It's kind of an act. He wanted you to feel, That's he wanted right. you to relate to it. About half an hour after it was over, I went running down the hall about a foot and a half off the ground thinking, if you want me to run through that wall, I will. Absolutely. You got me motivated. Absolutely. I just think I'm the luckiest person in the world to get to sit and listen to these stories. <laughs> I know I've been quiet, but I hope the listeners feel the same way. That just a really interesting insight and to hear those stories to me is really valuable. But unfortunately, we're out of time and that's the end of our episode. Um, you can catch every episode of this podcast at theratliffgroup.com or anywhere that podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, any of the podcast apps. If you enjoyed this episode or you want to contact us, you can email Charles, use the form at theratliffgroup.com. Stay safe. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.